0: Head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Kidnall founder of leading Australian podcast agency and 2021 Australian Podcast Awards finalists, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way, pursue your passion and why there's really nothing better. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Were you bullied in school, peers? Are you being bullied as an adult? There's no denying that bullying can have a profound impact on who we are and how we move through the world. This was certainly the case for today's guest, model turned filmmaker, Shreya Patel. As the only person of colour in her school in Canada, Shreya felt the cruelty of people from an early age. But rather than letting this define her or crush her spirit, she met up with the bullies 10 years on as the best version of herself. Not for them. For herself. In today's episode, the founder of Window Dreams Productions shares how she overcame her traumas, why your private victories are so important, and how she navigates white systems and structures as a person of color. For those of you who haven't yet posted about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, firstly, welcome. And please do take a screenshot right now. Post it to your Instagram story and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs and help us in our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, welcome Shreya. Treya, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to be here finally.
0: (laughs) We've been trying to
1: get you on this for a long time, so happy to meet you today finally.
0: We have so excited. Oh my goodness, you you and I recently connected and when I looked into you and all of the incredible work you're doing as a social entrepreneur in media, I knew I had to have you come on the show, so I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh,
1: thank you. I'm so glad we connected. Yes.
0: Amazing. So before we get started, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So my name is Shreya Patel. I'm a producer, writer, director, basically a filmmaker and an actress. So that's what I've been doing for the last few years now. But before that, I used to be in the fashion industry And a lot of my work is a lot to do with like impact and mental health.
0: Oh, it's so cool, Shreya. I can't wait to dive into it, honestly. Like when I was looking into you, I just thought, wow, how has she done so much, you know, and still being so young, like it's so cool to see. And I can't wait to dive deeper into your work. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing, and that is, where did you grow up? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far?
1: Wow, that is the coolest question I've been asked because I've been on a lot of podcasts, but I'm so glad that you asked this question because no one asked that. Uh, no, I was born in India. I was raised in the Middle East till I was 11, and then I came to Canada. I went to Sarnia, Ontario. There is no person of colour. For anyone who doesn't can't see me, I am a South Asian descent. And so a lot of people in Sarnia were... Caucasian and not even one person of color so that has I don't know if that's impacted my dreams because I was six years old and I knew I wanted to be in fashion and nothing can tell me no but it did impact the way I saw myself because I was bullied in my hometown in Sarnia my family's still there and I was it was severe it was pretty severe so that impacted the way maybe I saw Myself and how I looked like and had like like insecurities about my weight because I was pretty skinny and like it's just the glasses. I still wear glasses very proudly. The glasses. <laughs> I'm a nerd, so it was a pretty hard like childhood kind of in a way. At, not at home, but in school because my parents were like super in love. So that also really supportive environment has really helped me get through anything in life. Is a is a great family, but that bullying thing really was. lot of issues when i was growing up when we talk about dreams and like achieving things no one can tell me no (laughs) including my parents i'm like i'm gonna go after this by myself
0: (laughs) yeah i don't care what you say. yeah (laughs) Yeah. i like
1: made it without a mentor for a reason i mean still making it but you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness shreya Yes, you definitely weren't beat down in that way. But I really appreciate you sharing that with us. I think, you know, so many of us have struggled in our childhood in some way or another. And I think, you know, being the only person of colour at your school, I can't even imagine, you know, how difficult that must have been for you. I mean, if I think back to my schooling, it was definitely, you know, very kind of white dominated and I was one of the few but there was definitely others so I can't imagine you know being the only one. You know take us back to that time and you know I'd love to know how did you navigate through that at the time and for our peers out there listening who perhaps are in a similar situation maybe it's at university or maybe it's in their workplace or in their own company perhaps what advice would you give to us around navigating through white systems and structures?
1: For me, when I was younger, like when I was getting bullied, I used to come home from school and I would pray because I had a really loving family, thank goodness. Like touchwood, but they were very supportive. They didn't know what was happening. They found out much later in life. And I didn't even know what was happening to me at the time. I thought I just looked like everyone else because I was probably colorblind. I don't know. Like I'm a young kid, so I wouldn't know any better. But I would pray like I'd be like, please, like, let me have friends tomorrow because if I, when I would go to school, all these older guys would like surround me and say all these like negative things about how I look and make me feel bad about the way I dress. And I would sit behind the school wall, like writing my diary. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like when I read my diary back, she stole my pencil and said this mean thing. Like, but it's like really rude when you're so small, right? <laughs> So like it was it was really difficult but something cool that happened was we had a time capsule in my elementary school so in grade eight we had to write what we will be in 10 years from that time and meet up again in 10 years i and one other guy our thing was right i wrote that i'm going to be like in the fashion industry traveling the world and the day i came back 10 years from that time just to attend that i was like a model (laughs) and not just that we had a party after the reunion and some of the older guys that used to bully me were there too because they were friends with the, some of the younger guys, and they didn't recognize me. And I was like, I was the only person of color. How do you not know who I am? Like I don't understand. Like you know who I am. Don't lie. Uh, but I confronted them, and I I told them I'm like I'm like this was not okay. And they're like, oh, it was a joke. I'm like, no. But the joke kind of ruins a child's like self ambition and self worth and self esteem is affected, and that's what happened to me but they apologize and and all of that. So I got a little bit of closure. (laughs) That was that. But for people who are listening who might be going through any kind of politics, like bullying and stuff at work, speak up. And if it's really not helping you quit, I know this sounds like this is the worst advice that people think that I give, but I my whole life has been about risks. And if you don't risk it, you're never going to see any greatness. After every single fear, like there is a winner. Like if you're going to be having fear to do like skydiving, for instance, when you're doing skydiving, it's the anticipation that kills you. It's not the actual dive because I have myself, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Before I jump off, like I have this like thing in pit of my stomach that, oh my God, what's going to happen? But the jump itself, I have never screamed once. I've always smiled. People think like, you're so weird. I'm like, yeah, but it's just, it feels like you're flying. So why have fear if someone's bullying you, speak up, report. If your mental health is being affected, this life is supposed to be where you're supposed to be content with yourself and being happy. And if that, nothing serves you, quit and you will find something better. Because what will happen, you're going to push yourself more to get what you want versus just stay and look for something. That's too safe, I think.
0: Such great advice. What has been the biggest risk that you've taken?
1: Listen, michelle my entire life has
0: just been about risk
1: i can tell you 20 risks that i take every single day but the first one that i ever did when i was in university first year my parents are obviously south asian and they were like um haha, funny going in fashion i don't think so let's go to retail management fashion and business i was like how about no so the first year of university <laughs> i attended But i went to more fashion class and i did all what i call private victories is what you do behind the scene that no one sees when people were out there partying first year university i was at home working and finding out ways to find like get to her and like working three jobs and stuff like that and then first year university i dropped out and my parents are like oh my god like we're immigrants our first child is just crazy and she is a loser, is what they basically thought. And they were like, we're going to send you to India. I'm like, and they didn't see any of my private victories. Like, what are you going to do with this? Why are you meeting these people? Who, what are you trying to do in life? So I was like, I'm going to go to London, UK. My parents are like, cute. I don't think so. You're going to go to India. <laughs> and I'm like, why would I go there? I never grew up there. It's a culture shock to me. I haven't been there since I was like a baby. So then I go there. I meet my extended family. And I was like, OK, this is. This is cute, but I'm also gonna leave now. So I took a train by myself from my extended family's hometown to like Mumbai. So I went from like one state to another eight hour train ride overnight. <laughs> and I just showed up to Mumbai by myself, not knowing one person. <laughs> Long story short, that was crazy because it was while I was supposed to be there for two months. My parents obviously freaked out. They were freaked out. They were like, she's gonna get kidnapped, she's gonna get trafficked, she doesn't know anyone in Mumbai. She thinks it's like Canada, India is not like that. I was like, I'm living a life. <laughs> this is this is the life that chose me. But I ended up staying there four years and three months, and guess what I did? I worked in the fashion industry. Wow. So
0: <laughs> wow, sure <Shreya.
1: laughs> yeah. yeah i'm a wild child <laughs> if someone's listening don't follow my footsteps because it's probably dangerous but like basically take risks
0: <laughs> long story short take a risk Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow 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 I can't even imagine what was going off in your parents' minds. I mean, I now have nephews and I'm just like, if they went off and did anything and were like in some foreign land, I would be so stressed out for my sister and for them. You know, during that time, though, when you decided to take that massive leap, one of many, you know, what was going through your mind and how did you gain the courage to do so? And for our peers out there listening who feel like they just can't muster up that courage you know they look at people like you Shreya and just go well she's lucky you know she was born that way like I'm just not that kind of person you know what advice would you give to us around building the courage and confidence to go after what we want
1: That's a great question, because I do feel like a lot of people who ask me for advice, they're mostly people who don't see themselves as me because I've always been like this. But my advice to them is like, no one's going to do it for you. Someone can guide you through something if you really, really want something. The realization that no one's going to do it for you and someone's always going to be wanting the same thing as you. So how can you be better at that is the drive that I've had since I was pretty young because I've been bullied. I was pushed down. I was made fun of. They're like, is she actually going to be in fashion? Like, what are you, she looks like a nerd. Like all these things that was happening to me because I looked a certain way and because my dreams were bigger than what people would think. Like I never wanted a nine to five job. I never did. I, I never fit into that world. So for me, if I want to be my own boss and stuff like that, like no, one's going to do it for you. I never had a mentor. No one guided me. I, I've made like many mistakes as well. Just trying to be blinded by ambition, it's just just not a great thing. Being busy is also not a great thing. But if you want something, you have to go after it because it's very easily someone else will take it and then you're going to be sitting in this place where you're going to be looking back at life and you're going to be like, ah, because of this person, I didn't make it. Or because I didn't make
0: excuses to why you didn't make it. There's no room for that. What drives you today? What's your number one motivator? I mean, back then it was clearly the desire to want to do everything and live your life, is it the same now? And if not, you know, what is it now and how has it transformed and I guess evolved over the years?
1: I still live by it, to be honest. But what drives me today is wanting to tell other people's stories and writing my own stories and writing BIPOC stories, I think, because long story short, representation matters. What drives me is getting represented. When I was younger, I never saw myself represented on TV. And neither did a lot of BIPOC kids the things that I do right now is to represent that, that BIPOC folks. So when a little girl or boy looks in TV, they don't feel like they're not represented. And that's what basically is like my driving factor currently, at least.
0: I find it so interesting. And I also, you know, being BIPOC, being a woman of color, I think I identify with that so much, you know, I think back to looking at TV or the news that was on when I was growing up and only seeing one South Asian woman on the TV ever. You know, everyone else was white. And I think it's just such an interesting time that we're now living in, that this has all finally come to light. And, you know, I think for you, if you look back to the young you and, you know, if our peers are sitting there reflecting just how I am right now, you know, what would be the thing that you'd say to your younger self around representation, around gaining the courage to go out there and chase your dreams? You know, what advice would you give to her?
1: It's actually quite simple. I would just be like, you're going to be okay. Because many times I felt very alone. Just like not knowing where I will be, how I will get there. I put in my work, but I just did not know if I would ever be able to make it in a sense that the doors will open for me because I'm so used to working 10 times harder than people that don't look like us, right? So I just want to be like, you're going to be okay. Like, you're going to be fine.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I totally hear you on that one. So I wanted to dive a bit deeper into your story, Shreya. So, you know, you rock up to Mumbai, you end up getting into fashion there. Your lifelong dream has finally eventuated and is happening for you. You stay there for four and a half years. You know, what happened next? And, you know, where did the idea come for your business, Window Dreams Productions?
1: I never thought I'll be in film. Because even when I was in India, they were like my agency would be like, Oh, let's send you to acting. I was like, That's hilarious. I don't think so. And I never thought that, but I used to, my mom's a humanitarian. And I I gathered that from her since I was eleven, I've been volunteering a lot. So even when I was in India, I was volunteering my time there when I was off duty. There were kids who were waiting to get treated for eight days straight because they're terminally ill. And it was from Makovic Foundation in Mumbai. So I ended up visiting these kids and these parents are sitting outside and they were like asking me if I can help. And I'm like, how do I help? Like, I have no idea. And their stories need to be told Um, because in Canada, there is no disparity. So Make-A-Wish Foundation is open to everyone. But in India, it's only open to people who really are like underprivileged. Right. So during that time, I was like, oh, my God, like I feel like at that time in that place, I felt like I achieved everything I wanted to since I was six. In a sense that I had like a check mark. So I was like, okay, how long am I going to keep walking Fashion Week or keep working with the same things? And I was like, I love it, but it's the same thing and you're not growing anymore. And at the time I was like, all right, I think I need to switch. And then I applied to go back to school. My parents were like, oh, finally, what are you going to study? You're coming to census. I'm like, documentary filmmaking. They're like, that has no money. Like I applied for a post graduation program and they're like, you don't even have an undergrad. And I was like, that's not a problem let me call you so i called them i convinced them on the phone and i was like documentary filmmaking is about art and you cannot judge art by a marks of undergrad and they were like okay fine So i did that for like a year and through all of these things i ended up meeting a girl very young coming out of sex trade and i was like oh i can do it on how the community perceives a woman who was a sex worker And now that she's just coming back into the world, let me, let me do it on that. And it's just me and her and we got close. And so I interviewed her for an hour, no, two and a half hours. And while she was getting interviewed in that interview, I found out she was a victim of domestic human trafficking. And I was like, what, what am I sitting on? Long story short, I made that movie, uh, the doc, 26 minutes. It was supposed to be about 10 minutes to graduate. I couldn't make it smaller because her story was, it it cannot be a 10 minute film. It needed to be a feature, but I, I made it into 26 minutes. My teacher was like, this is insane. You need to release it. It took two years to release it. No one wanted to showcase it because in Ontario specifically, domestic human trafficking was not recognized at all, that it's an issue. And it was a very big issue. It was a gray area. I took up a nine to five job. I worked a nine-to-five job. I made the money. I quit that job on the spot and then took that money and self-released the documentary. And that documentary, an MPP, like a member of parliament, took notice of it, and she helped pass a bill. Wow, Shreya,
0: wow. Yeah, that's wild. Sorry, I'm just, I'm I'm literally lost for words.
1: Wow. Yeah, (laughs) It's, it's it's grown a lot since then. I mean, since that 2017 short doc, I extended the doc to 50 minutes again by myself, no funding, no help. And that documentary in 2019 TIFF, like Toronto International Film Festival, found reviews about it online and connected it with the Civic Action Summit. So, the documentary has been around the nation it's been like showcased in so many educational screenings and library screenings and like many many immigrant women have watched it parents whose kids are getting trafficked have watched it police officers national security like other survivors social workers like so many people became involved with the film and it kind of just wow like kind of did its own thing since then so
0: incredible there's no words there is no words thank you, you know, for our peers out there listening who want to make the kind of impact that you're making and who have a dream to do something more and to shed light in some way on important issues and matters you know what advice would you give to us around getting started like how do we even start with the dream or when the goal is so big
1: you know for me i started small because i didn't even know how to get into the film industry i didn't even know how to hold a camera i didn't know how to edit i learned a little bit in school very basic to be honest you can learn better on youtube you don't have to go to film school people are shooting like 4k 6k on their iphones and their samsung 21 and stuff like it's wild so a lot of people content creation has become easier and if you don't have money things have gotten easier even online because Back in the day, I had to pay for Adobe Premiere. Now you have Da Vinci Code, which you can just download and learn how to edit. So people who have big dreams, it's way more easier and way more resourceful now than it was before. Like even festivals, even all of that is opened up. It's called Film Freeway. You just go online and you submit your festival and things. I didn't know that back then. I learned way, way later in life. But no dream is too big. Then I made the documentary. I did not think it would have the kind of impact it did. And it's not just about film. If you... How a voice and if you are passionate about something you can join other organizations and things like that just to voice your voice right I think impact doesn't need to be big it needs to be
0: one-on-one how do we get clear about what we want and the kind of impact we want to make and how do we get clear on our why
1: I love the question about why because my acting coach was like, why do you act? This is years ago. But and I was like, oh, I love telling stories. And she's like, cute. But like, what does that mean? Why don't you just write then? I'm like, oh, I love getting the psychology of like the characters like then become a psychiatrist. Why acting? Why do you choose that? And I was like, oh, my God. And then I had to really dig deep. And she said, the day you realize why you act, you're going to cry if you're really that impactful. So I found out my why. And then I did cry. And I think that we really need to dig deep on why what we do and why we do it. Because sometimes we don't even realize, are you living for someone else or are you living for you? Is your life living with purpose or is your life just like going because someone else told you that's how you're supposed to live life? So like we really need to dig deep as every human being should to really know what the purpose in your life is. And sometimes people find that purpose later and that's okay. People have responsibilities. Like, I feel privileged enough to say that I had the support. I come from a loving family. Not everyone has that. So people do have responsibilities and all of that. But outside of those responsibilities, who are you? Right? We have to learn that because we're born, we're given a name, we look a certain way and this is our ethnicity, this is the language you're going to speak, this is what you're going to eat, this is what you're going to do. Then who are you if someone's told you all of these things since you were young? So you have to really as an adult be like okay this is really
0: what I like doing this is things that I'm learning right now. What is your why? You said that you broke down in tears when you figured that out what is that for you?
1: For acting I did I mean for acting I realized that when I was in high school and I was bullied and I wasn't allowed to take like acting classes, I was allowed to only take fashion classes because I I was allowed to take one because I have to take sciences and maths. So I was allowed to take only one of them and I was like, okay, what's more important right now? Fashion. And the reason why I chose fashion was that was the only way I was able to express myself because I was bullied. And so I used to skip my bus and go to a drama club and be a production manager. I'm like, mom, I'm going to be late because the bus and blah, 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 And she's like, but why are you staying there for like an hour every every day or whatever? Why do you keep missing the bus? And then I told her that like, I'm in a part of a drama club, but I'm not acting, don't worry. I'm just doing production manager. I'm just a construction. When they did their play, in the middle of the intermission, we had to move all the furniture for the next scene and they made me and this other girl wear this construction outfit. It's just silhouettes. No one can see us. It's just silhouettes. But the silhouettes looked like we were construction people. And we had to take all of the stuff and move it. And in the end, I had to just do one action, which is like, oh, I am done. And then get out. I don't know why when I did that and I got on stage, I just felt so accepted and so seen and so heard stuff that I have not felt in years of being in Sarnia. And that's my heart's why and why I act because I feel like I'm heard and seen and it's more deeper wound, I guess I would say.
0: Wow. I'm nodding along, Shreya. Wow. You've done so much of the deep work, you know, on yourself understanding why you do what you do, why you love to do what you do. So well said. So well said, Shreya. We could talk for days and days. I'm absolutely loving this but I am mindful of your time. So I have a couple of final questions for you. And the first one is what has been your greatest failure and win to date?
1: Oh, greatest failure is very uh, sad. Um, I missed my parents' 25th anniversary because of work. I chose work over my parents at one point. And like I said, I was blinded by ambition. This is when I was very young, very, very young. They really supported me. But karma bit me and I learned very quickly and I'm glad I learned earlier in life than later because ambition can be a dangerous thing later in life. Family and friends matter. I'm an extremely high performing person. You seem like a very high performing individual as well. And like those things can drive you like to insanity sometimes because you're working around the clock. But that's not life. <laughs> life is people and relationships. and family and friends and those little moments in life matter. Those things matter more than your busy schedule. And so I learned that very quickly in life and I it's a regret and a failure that I couldn't recognize relationships back then. Greatest achievement, I think it's just seeing my parents happy <laughs> that I am doing well and are not doing well. It was just like okay, she's happy. And she can figure things out by herself. We don't have to buy her a gas station because we think she's a loser. Like, you know, that because that's what they were thinking. If nothing were self-assuring, I would just buy her a gas station, she can make money like that. Like <laughs> And I was like, I had a big dream. Here I'm thinking of Oscars. So seeing them happy. They still don't know what I do, by the way. They don't understand. She's doing something in film, I think. The accolades are for my parents none of those things matter in real life. Like those accolades are just for my parents because they can talk to their friends when they're talking about, oh, my kid is doing this. What is your kid doing? You don't know want this for something in film? <laughs> like that, that keeps their
0: conversation
1: going in the society.
0: <laughs> so funny. So true. <laughs> oh my goodness, Shreya. Look over the last decade plus you know in business in your acting career in everything really you've really gone from strength to strength you received so much recognition for your work you know one of the other accolades that you recently received was being listed on the Forbes 30 under 30 list what are three key pieces of advice that you would give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out
1: I know this is like really corny but like Literally, don't let anyone tell you you can't do something. Because that's not true. You can do anything you want. Things can change overnight, but you have to put in the work. Secondly, take care of your mental health. Nothing is more important than your physical and mental health. I never said this. I never believed in it, but I have heard people. Oh, yeah, like I'll make a lot of money in the future. And then, you know, I'll get like private health care. Why do you want to do that? You're going to ruin your health to make money, and then you put that money back into your health. Like, that's not the way I live. And thirdly, build your relationships. (laughs) Work matters. Identity matters. Do not be codependent when it comes to intimate relationships, but work so you can build an identity and be financially independent as a woman, especially for yourself. So You don't have to rely on people, but also build your relationship, build friendships, network. Like there's so many incredible people out there and you're the five people you hang out with. Make sure like those people are solid people because that can ruin you too.
0: Oh my goodness, Traya! Before I ask you the final question, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the incredible work you've done and that you're doing, you know, for showing us you know, particularly us ambitious, young women of color, that if we have that vision, that goal and that dream, even if it seems so far fetched and even if our parents don't agree, we can go out there and make it happen as long as we take big risks and just back ourselves. And for that, we really appreciate you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I feel like I wanted to ask you questions, but I know you're like, no, I'm, <laughs> you. I'm like, I want to know you more. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness, you're so sweet. No, it's been so, so awesome to have you on. So the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about?
1: You're never going to work a day in your life. And I know people say that, but genuinely, I'm living the best life. Like I have never followed money. I've never been ambitious about wanting money in my life. Money is a gift that I get because I worked into making my passions into my paychecks. There is no plan B. There's only plan A. Make that passions into profits because otherwise I would have been way too depressed. I've tried a nine to five job once. It ain't for me.
0: (laughs) It ain't for us. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Straight up. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much it's been absolutely awesome where can we learn more about you everything that you do and window dreams productions
1: yeah people can go on all across all platforms my personal at is at i the letter m shreya s-h-r-e-y-a patel p-a-t-e-l but people always mistaken the i am with i-a-m it's not the a is not there so that's that. And then Winter Dreams is just www.windowdreams.ca with all my film production work.
0: Amazing. We'll link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much again, Trey. It's been so awesome. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast powered by shopify remember peers we're here to help you turn your passion into a business and so is shopify and so if you're looking to start your biz head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial peers that's a wrap thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the peers to peers podcast powered by shopify we hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at Project. We'll have fresh Real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers.